Welcome to the Annie Centre podcast. My name is Justin Kingdon. And I'm Dr Anne Chalfont. And in this uh, week's podcast, we are going to be discussing homeschooling lessons learned. One mother, one mission. To create a world where families thrive. Dr. Anne Shalfand, internationally acclaimed clinical psychologist, family therapist, author and mother of four children, brings you powerful and practical parenting techniques from her clinical and personal experience. Ladies and gentlemen, the doctor is in the house. It's been three weeks of homeschooling in Australia and we've just had the uh, Easter break and we've got, well, technically a few more days left of that before we... Uh, uh, well, the government's saying another three, maybe four weeks of additional homeschooling before classrooms go back. So, I think the messages are unclear, to be honest. Yes. At this stage. Some uh, schools look like they'll homeschool for longer than that. But, but for wherever, wherever you are listening, our, in our last podcast, mm. um, for many families, um, they were just about to go and start homeschooling. And uh, for other families... Uh, they had been homeschooling maybe for a week or so uh, and we put out our routine and structure um, and we got great responses to that which we very much appreciate um, and for, for Anne and I it's uh, we're educating at home just a, a recap a, um, a boy in year four who's nine turning ten uh, another boy in year one uh, and a girl in uh, kindergarten uh, so that's uh, prior to beginning um, the first year of formal schooling, rather. Uh, and then the 14-month-old's the assistant teacher. Yeah, oh, yes. <laughs> Wandering yeah. around the house <laughs> while we try and uh, uh, keep yeah. people focused on their work. And both <laughs> Anne and I are working from home, which um, makes things all the more challenging. So um, this is uh, about lessons learned uh, f- uh, that we um, have uh as we've gone through the last period of time, um, what's worked and what's not worked, what we've had to change, uh, and to give you some insights into that, and uh, we hope that you can apply them. So um, we're very lucky in our first three weeks. uh, No one was expelled from school, um, although I think a few teachers were caught with uh, a bottle of scotch in the bottom drawer. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, it was overall fairly successful. Um, But... Lots of things had to change during that three-week period in order for it to be that. So, um, and let's kick off with lesson one, which is less is more. Yes, so lesson one, less is more. So what we discovered in our first three weeks of homeschooling that we want to share um, and distilling uh, information from our mistakes and challenges is that uh, focusing on a smaller number of subjects or learning tasks with a better quality approach is preferable to trying to get through a full school day worth of subjects. So for those of you with children where schools are sending home the equivalent of what they would be doing in their full day of learning, whether that's English and maths to begin with, history, science, and then some activities for the afternoon, uh, we have found for our children that uh, receiving lists like that and somehow trying to muddle through the entire day getting through all of that work plus working ourselves and managing small children and various other commitments is impossible. And you end up at the end of the day feeling quite deflated as a parent that you haven't been able to help your child achieve that 
And certainly children feel deflated too that most of the tasks they have a go at but are incomplete. Mm. So what we found instead and what we shifted back to um, was really, the, in essence, the routine that we put forward um, on Facebook and, and that involved less is more. That was about picking uh, a number of key learning areas with a heavier focus on academics at the start of the day when kids are fresh yes. and better able to learn um, and trying to spend better quality time helping and supporting children through those particular learning tasks, so the key ones being English and maths, and then uh, spend not feeling obliged uh, or compelled to get through, uh, you know, plus languages, plus history, plus science, plus, uh, you know, geography uh, through the rest of the day if that wasn't possible. Yes, um, certainly, and seeing that change in the children when the expectation uh, was reset mm-hmm. in that they could then complete the task and then the um, very simple reward of um, per- parents just congratulating them and giving them praise that they had completed the task. However, that looked um, where there were er- there may be room for improvement in that task, that's fine, but it was done. Um, really set the children up to succeed and then understand, well, you know, I am going to get through this. So there was a, a real shift in their demeanour and their approach to their work as well, I found. Absolutely, and that's exactly what I mean when I say less is more. The more being that it is better for their confidence, which is ultimately better for their motivation towards learning when they're doing fewer tasks well as opposed to many tasks uh, less well mm. uh, or in, more incomplete Um, And I I think the other thing on that to say is when you're doing less, then you as a parent have better opportunity. It's still not the same as being a teacher, obviously, when we're working, Um, but you have better chance of being able to spend some time with your child explaining the learning, um, helping them digest the actual concepts that might underpin or underline some of the work that's being sent from school. Um, For example, if they're being asked to do Uh, you know, certain types of maths, maybe you have some opportunity with less uh, workload for the child to focus on fewer things, to explain some of the underpinning basic foundational concepts. Maybe they need to revise their times tables. Maybe Mm. they need a different way of understanding addition and subtraction if they're smaller children. Maybe they need um, to spend more time understanding how to reduce fractions if they're older children. That's right. So it allows you to pinpoint. And if you're not good at that as a parent yourself, mm-hmm. it gives you the opportunity to look at resources available exactly. through lessons on YouTube on these items and yes. do the Google search and find a quality uh, reference point and then sit there with your child and watch the lesson together Yes. instead of saying, right, you watch this and then we'll come back to this mm-hmm. task and I'll run over here and do mm-hmm. the next thing. Absolutely. Um, because those those items are available. So it slows everything down, lets you think about these things um, logically. So it provides better quality teaching from mm-hmm. you as a parent, better quality learning opportunities for the child and, as I said, more confidence towards learning and more motivation than towards learning when they're learning at home. Mm. So that's the more um, that you gain when you're doing the less. And I think the, the, the last point we want to, we want to make here is um, there are you know, WhatsApp groups of you know, peer groups or year groups which are fantastic and wonderful for um, organising the Zoom meetings where you do get all the classmates together every so, every so often, which is wonderful. Um, but also the, the, don't let um, that... Uh, dissuade you because you may be seeing posts being put up there of other students work or people posting that they've gotten through everything today and now they're 
offer a you know swim or a walk or or their whatever. Um, don't feel guilty that if there are people um, posting information that uh, they've done more than what you've been able to get through on that particular day or particular week. Um, you're running your own race here and your child is getting the tailored education that is fit for them. Uh, and that's what you need to concern yourself with. Everyone's home life is different. We have different home setups, different demands on, on, on parents and so forth. So just run your own race. So it's about keeping expectations realistic and manageable, um, at, given that many parents are working from home. It's about uh, comparing your child to your child rather than to everyone else's children and how they're progressing and maybe paying less attention to parent WhatsApp groups and things like that. Um, and it's about, as we've said, managing tasks in a meaningful way. So less work done more meaningfully with better quality approach will lead to uh, a more successful experience with homeschooling. That's right. So that's the first lesson. Lesson two is communicate with your teacher. So teachers are gold. We know that already. But um, at this time, they are uh, going above and beyond in terms of preparing resources for students and parents um, available, you know, in many instances after hours, sending things the night before so that families have them and can prepare or print things off for the next day's learning, uh, their availability for Zoom meetings, all sorts of things. But um, remembering that teachers, you know, ha- have chosen this profession, this is their vocation and they love your children, they want to work with your children and support you. So you need to make the most of that as parents and what you should be doing regularly throughout the homeschooling week is communicating with your teacher because as parents we are not the experts in how to um, distill the information that the student might need or how to necessarily teach some of the key concepts that need to be taught. We can watch our children and support them as they complete certain worksheets or perhaps correct some of their work. Maybe if you have the skill set you can teach some underpinning concepts but that's really not our skill set. It's the skill set of a teacher. So you need to check in with them and ask them for support in order to help you and to facilitate your home learning experience or your remote learning experience. So they will be able to give you suggestions about the best way to teach your child because they know your child from their experience of them in the classroom. They'll be able to give you resources or put you um, in, point you in the right direction in terms of what resources to look at, whether they're things online, whether they're books that the child's already brought home from school. Uh, they might be able to give you particular tips on how to problem solve uh, with your child through a task where they've hit a brick wall um, or are perhaps feeling demotivated because they've had that experience at school and that's where their training and their skill set lies. So and you need to make sure you're in contact with them regularly in so order to get the support you need. That's right, and we've done this. We've, uh, we've, we've had this communication uh, with each of our children's teachers uh, and it ha- and, and they are your best resource uh, in, in this situation. And they want to help. They miss their kids. Um, so anything that they feel that they can help you at home and alleviate the challenges and, and also impart their, their teaching upon your child, that's, uh, 
you know, that's, that's their goal in life. So, um, you know, let them help you. Exactly. Okay? Don't go it alone. Homeschooling is about working in collaboration between you and the teacher. The teacher is preparing the resources, putting time and effort into considering what's going to be best for your child to learn at this time, sending you schedules to follow. But you need assistance in making sure that's effective for you. So keep communication up with them. They will be very open to your needs and help you in the very best way that they can. That's certainly been our experience. And I think like any relationship, this is a a team-based relationship at the moment between you and a teacher. You're kind of team teaching your children. Um, And like any good relationship, it's based on good communication. So you need to make sure that you email them or call them uh, regularly, maybe even set two times for yourself within your own homeschooling timetable to check in with them through the week, Um, one towards the start and perhaps one midway through Mm. the week. And uh, I think that's a good, you know, first principle that you could follow. That's right. Uh, Lesson three is use routines and schedules. So this um, goes back to our um, previous podcast on routines and our post that we put out with the um, uh, lesson structure, the day structure, uh, that's also available on uh, the website. Uh, uh, You can download it from Facebook uh, and it's also on Instagram, that same schedule. Uh, So... Uh, and let's uh, talk about routines and schedules in this time. So to put our money where our mouth is, so to speak, we've been following the very same routine. Um, and we have found, as Justin said at the start of the podcast, that to be successful for us. Obviously, people can pick and choose from it. But the bottom line is, in terms of a lesson learned, um, routines and schedules have been absolutely critical to getting our children through this period and to getting us, frankly, as a family through this period um, successfully so far. You know, I'm not suggesting that every day is a perfect day, but uh, to be able to complete tasks and still remain intact as a relatively happy family That's at right. the end of the day. So there's two things that to, to, to discuss with this one, which I thought was something that came out of we started the routine and, and, um, and you mentioned it at the beginning, which was you... We do the mentally taxing tasks at the beginning of the day. Yes, and we try to save the less taxing tasks for the end of the day. And we included in our routine sort of a post-school day extracurricular focus that we called Active Creative, where it allows children to have time for Mm. exercise or art or other activities that they enjoy doing, um, that we ensured that that was a a part of their day, a regular part of their day. That's right. That, but when we look at that, I just wanted to, particularly around this lesson, was the morning because the morning is going to set you up for for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And I thought something that we that, that you did, sorry, um, specifically was they had the first lesson and then there was the break and then what you came up with, which was great, which was called the dash to lunch, <laughs> and the children love this. So do you want to discuss the dash to lunch? Because sure. it's that it gave them that little bit of extra focus before their main break of the day when you can kind of lose the child a little bit. Um, so let's discuss the dash to lunch. So, so the dash to lunch is essentially that period between recess and lunchtime where uh, you know, you're still somewhat fresh so you're able to be open to doing some academic tasks. 
but you're also uh, starting that that's the fine line where you're starting to fatigue a little bit as the day goes on and uh, what we did was introduce what I did was introduce the dash to lunch as a way of keeping focus and keeping motivation up so it was about looking at um, whoever of our children was producing by lunchtime some complete work with quality uh, checking their work depending on what the task was that they were doing. But ultimately putting effort and focus in wasn't about getting it all right. It was about focus on um, effort Mm. towards the task and trying to keep their attention sustained for the task and in doing that possibly completing the task. Um, And that was the criteria that we used for who won the Dash to Lunch. So each day a different person might win the Dash to Lunch. Um, and uh, sometimes people disagree with the idea of, you know, well, everyone's putting in some effort, so why is there only one winner? We've got three children at the moment that we're homeschooling. But um, for our children, it was a good lesson in applying themselves in that period where they may start to fatigue, and all of them took it up, um, and all of them, as you said, did love doing it. It was a bit of fun, and what they'd win at the dash to lunch was maybe a bit of, um, you know, an extra treat in the afternoon or something in their lunch that was fun, or maybe they got bonus time. Um, after lunch where they could have some extra playtime before mm. they started their afternoon's activities. It really varied. It was super simple, though. It wasn't some... No, it was very grand easy. hurrah. It was a very simple thing. Exactly. And, um, but yes. again, having a routine or a schedule allowed us to play around with things like that and incorporate those sorts of fun activities and elements that still uh, kept with the overall structure of the routine. And I think it's not just us saying how you know critical routines are and, or me as a clinician saying that. Um, you know, even the federal government now in Australia is producing advertising, talking about keeping yourself sane through this time and mental health. Mm. And one of the things that uh, that they focus on in those ads is the importance of a routine for any individual, um, just trying to get a flow in their day in order to feel on top of their day and to feel uh, mentally well mm. at this time. So it's critical for homeschooling, but it's also more broadly critical for good mental health having routines and structures to follow. And I think the other thing that we found was beneficial about routines is that um, in the afternoon period we have in our routine some time for things like um, some chore time, some family time, um, and both of those things have been very effective for us as a household. The children have come to understand by having regular chore time built into their homeschooling routine or their homeschooling day that there is a requirement for them to contribute and to help within the family and that's a good lesson for them that as indirect ways to teach cooperation to teach altruism to teach um, just working collaboratively and that kind of team approach are really important they're just as important those life lessons Mm. as some of the academics that they're covering frankly so um, that's been beneficial to us and because we've built those things in They just understand that it's a part of their day. There's no need to bargain or negotiate over it anymore. They know to expect it because it is part of their routine. Um, And that allows for a happier family where we are getting through a number of tasks um, with their help and they are being genuinely very helpful. So uh, the the need for routine and schedules is absolutely critical um, as that third lesson states. And and the scheduling as well Mm -hmm. um, allows for you to... um, as a class for your child or uh, a group that they may, you know, maybe a sports team or something, but to organise these Zoom meetings or Google Hangouts, we don't, we're not advocating one or the other. Um, and uh, to get all the children together to at least see each other's faces. Now, 
they're not going to have a video conference and allow each other to speak. I mean, <laughs> it is it is just bedlam. But it's it's wonderful. You need to supervise it's it. It's wonderful bedlam. You do need to supervise it, but don't expect any grand conversations to come from it. Um, particularly the younger ones, maybe teenagers and so forth. That's that'd be completely different. It does not need to be supervised. Yeah, that's no. right. But younger children, we are finding that we need to be alongside them. But yes, not expect that they're uh, having deep, meaningful conversations. They really just want to see each other. Yes, they just want to play. Um, uh, you know, or often they'll get on Zoom and then they'll be messaging at the same time. Yes, uh, typing messages to each other and decoding. And those of the younger kids that can't even spell yet are then trying to decode each other's <laughs> message. <laughs> what did you mean when you said? Um, yes. Which is gorgeous. But the bottom line is, again, with a routine or a schedule, you can build an allocated time slot in mm. for socialising. So the importance of routines, again, is, is critical for getting some work done but allowing time for health and exercise, um, socialising and some of the family activities that have to happen um, as a household. Yeah, spot on. And that is our last lesson. Just as a, a, a way of reference, if your child is getting a little bit um, down uh, at this period with the workload being away from their friends uh, and they're, they're finding it a little bit tough, um, I just want to draw your attention to uh, Anne's most recent Facebook post, which is the four pillars of self-esteem. And um, in that post, Anne uh, discusses these four elements, which are highlight their strengths, empathise, don't judge, goal set, up, goal set to build up weaknesses, and compare them to them, not others. And you heard Anne say that earlier in the podcast about comparing your child to themselves uh, and not to you know what's happening uh, in the in the rest of the cohort. So um, if you are seeing that in your child, please go and uh, take a. It's a very short read, um, and the four pillars of self esteem could be something that it helps you uh, boost your child back up and and get them uh, back on the right track. Thanks, Justin. Yeah, absolutely. Self doubt can be quite prominent at this time when you don't, um, you know, have regular contact with teachers and the ability to check in. Um, so, yeah, ensuring when you're feeling isolated and self-esteem may be lower, that you do do those things to try and boost self-esteem with your children. That's a really important tip. Okay. Excellent. Well, it is now close to 6 a.m. in the morning, so if you want to understand our routine to get our podcast done, it's to start <laughs> very, very early before the children are awake. Uh, and uh, so we are going to wrap it up here, but we look forward to you, your comments and your questions uh, and uh, speaking to you again in our next podcast. And we wish you the very best with the coming weeks of homeschooling with your own kids. And stay safe out there, everyone. The Annie Centre podcast was brought to you by Annie Centre Proprietary Limited. Please visit AnnieCentre.com and subscribe to receive the latest updates and digital downloads from Dr. Anne Shalfant.